Hey guys, it's Brendan Boylan, host of the Houdat Discussion. You can follow all of my other New Orleans Saints work over with the Saints News Network on si.com forward slash NFL forward slash Saints. Just want to say a quick thank you to all of you loyal listeners that have came back every single week. If you haven't caught up already, check out the last episode. I evaluated the Saints at their bye week through five weeks of the NFL regular season and joining me was a familiar face for some of the older fans of the Houdat discussion. I had the OG host, the founder, Andrew Galata, joining me to break that down. So again, if you haven't checked that out already, go ahead and check that out. But on to week seven of the NFL season, the New Orleans Saints on Monday night football for the first time this season as they travel the CenturyLink field in Seattle, Washington, to take on the Seattle Seahawks. Well, let's go ahead and dive into a little bit of a preview and my keys to victory for the New Orleans Saints to advance to 4-2 and two on the season. But first, let's hit the intro. All things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Who Dat? Who All right, guys, well, we know where the story is thus far on this New Orleans Saints team, 3-2 and two at the bye week, as we said in the previous episode. Uh, you know, with all of the adversity that the New Orleans Saints faced to this point in the season, whether it was being displaced because of the hurricane, whether it was playing a home game in Jacksonville, Florida, against a team that will contend for the NFC, whether it was the coach's COVID situation week two against Carolina. what You could throw so many things out there. The injuries, certainly, as well. Uh, for the Saints to be 3-2 and two on the season, I think you would uh, take that away as a dub, especially if you went all the way back to week one and uh, were able to time travel and say, hey, these are all the things that are going to happen to the New Orleans Saints. Where do you think they'd be at the bye week? I think a lot of people would project that they would be a sub-500 uh, team. But here the Saints are, really should be 4-1. and one. No excuse for the blunder with the 11-point lead against the New York Giants. But the Saints over 500 in good shape, and they're facing a little bit of a banged-up Seattle team this week uh, on Monday Night Football. So let's go ahead and dive into some of my keys to victory, uh, and then we'll preview the whole game from there. My first key to victory is quite a simple one, and that is dominate the trenches, uh, especially on the defensive side of the football. And here's why. New Orleans owns the league's second-ranked rush defense at 79 yards per game, and a league low or a league best, depends how uh, you want to how you want to word it? Uh, only surrendering 3.3 yards per carry. Now, those are all very impressive stats. But when you look on the other side for Seattle, this is a team that's right in the middle of the pack, uh, averaging somewhere around 110 yards per game on the ground this season. But they're without their best running back in Chris Carson, who. Uh, has been injured. They also have another question mark at running back, uh, Alex Collins, their backup running back, who 
uh, has taken the the role of Carson at this point in the season. His uh, status, he's listed as questionable for Monday Night Football, and that leaves Rashad Penny, who's just coming back from injury. So lots of question marks at the running back spot for the Seattle Seahawks. So if the Saints are able to win that battle in the trenches, if they're able uh, to be aggressive and almost make this Seahawks team one-dimensional, uh, because let's face it, they're, the Saints are stellar against the run, and this is a Seattle team that has a lot of question marks, uh, particularly in the run game that I just mentioned. Hey, no Carson, potentially no Collins. You have a new quarterback, right, uh, with Russell Wilson being injured and Geno Smith, who's going to have to make some tough calls and um, have to make some tough audibles as well. Uh, another big question mark is Damian Lewis, uh, starting guard for the Seattle Seahawks. So there are definitely some places, uh, particularly for the New Orleans Saints, to, to hone in and attack uh, the Seattle Seahawks with that super strong defensive line that has been so good against the run. And that's despite New Orleans being without Peyton Turner this week, who's already been listed as out along with Deontay Harris, Taysom Hill, and Dwayne Washington. So uh, New Orleans, it, listen, it, it's it lives and dies in the trenches, but that's week to week with any team in football. That's an old school way of, of thinking. I, I look back all the way to the draft in April when New Orleans went with Peyton Turner, uh, which was a surprise to so many people. And one thing that was said on the Saints News Network live broadcast of the draft was it's so important to build from the inside out. And building from the offensive and defensive lines is so important uh, for any team. So the New Orleans Saints having to win that battle in the trenches, it's going to affect everything else. And it's certainly going to affect Geno Smith, um, who's having to come in and not just play one or two weeks, but you're looking at an extended period of time uh, for Geno Smith because of that injury that Russell Wilson suffered that looked oh so similar to Drew Brees' injury a few years ago. Ironically, Aaron, Donald, uh, both <laughs> applying both uh, to both quarterbacks, uh, just coming up with that right paw and, and hitting the hand. So Wilson's going to miss some time. Geno Smith in, in a big game uh, for Seattle as they continue to Try to turn some things around. Sitting at, at two and four on the season, obviously, would be a completely different story if Wilson was healthy. Because look, Wilson might be the best active quarterback uh, to not have won the MVP award. And unfortunately, if you're a Seahawks fan and you're listening to this, I think you'd be willing to agree with me. It seems that the Seahawks, when Russ is healthy every year, it seems that this team starts so strong, and somewhere they. They sputter, and they're never able to get back to, to the heights that they were when they began the NFL season. Good news for the Seahawks and, and their fans is that uh, DK Metcalf was a full go in practice uh, and does not carry any sort of question marks going into the game. He's a full go uh, and will participate. So that goes into my second point and my second key to victory after dominating uh, the trenches on the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to stick on the defensive side of the ball because I think DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are just such uh, unique threats on the outside. Um, and DK Metcalf, I remember 
was a NFL combine. He was the NFL combine guy uh, of his draft class. He just dazzled with everything, whether it was uh, speed, size, vertical, everything that that Metcalf did uh, was super impressive and proved to just be a tip-top shape, ready-to-go freak of nature. And he's proved that at the NFL level. Um, And this is going to be an interesting matchup between Metcalf and Marshawn Lattimore, who I think a lot of people would put up there uh, and and would certainly get some votes for defensive player of the year at this point. He's been the best lockdown corner in all of football, but he's got a, a tough stretch coming up, and it starts here with DK Metcalf, who has had a stellar season for the Seattle Seahawks. Let's just dive into those numbers for Metcalf this year. The 6'4", 235-pound man out of Ole Miss this season. And going back to uh, last week, had six catches for 58 yards, no scores. You look at the week before that, two big touchdowns for Metcalf. But as a total... Uh, In 2021, through six games, he has 31 receptions for 441 yards, five touchdowns, and a catch rate of 69%. Uh, So Metcalf, uh, just a big physical guy, obviously a pro bowler, and you're going to get a physical corner in Marshawn Lattimore. And the last thing that the Saints want to do and allow is Geno Smith to find a rhythm early. Now, some of those rhythm passes might be short passes, timing, maybe even getting it out to the flat to your running backs. But when you have guys like Lockett and Metcalf on your team, you definitely want to target those guys and you want want to enhance what they're able to do offensively. Now, I don't know if Lattimore is going to shadow Metcalf throughout the game because, uh, I mean, Tyler Lockett provides a, a completely different threat of his own. However... For Metcalf and for Lattimore in that matchup, I would imagine for majority of the game you're going to see those guys just go uh, toe-to-toe, and it's going to be something to watch. But for the Saints to be successful, they cannot allow Metcalf to have a big day, can't allow the big play. And uh, Metcalf's a guy with just because of that size and speed, he's a guy who's single-handedly able to keep drives alive. Uh, That's the last thing the New Orleans Saints want to do. Don't allow Metcalf to uh, keep drives alive, make the big play, and certainly develop any sort of early rhythm uh, with Geno Smith. So Lattimore Metcalf is going to be uh, my second key to victory for New Orleans to win. It's going to have to be a big day from Marshawn Lattimore. He's going to have to step up and show uh, why so many people this season are saying this guy could be uh, easily um, a defensive player of the year candidate. Shoot, Pro Football Focus agrees with me. Uh, The top-rated cover corner uh, in football to this point in the season. Now, finally, uh, my final key to victory is going to be the New Orleans Saints passing attack. Now, Uh, The big news this week was no Michael Thomas. Uh, He is a few weeks away, uh, according to sources. Uh, The Saints did 
assign a couple players to come back, designate a couple players to come back from injured reserve, one of those being Traquan Smith. Uh, Chris Hogan retiring, so the Saints um, not short at receiver, not any shorter than what they were throughout uh, the early goings of the regular season, but uh, take a hit not having Hogan uh, retiring, and it was contemplating that over the last week as he has a pregnant wife at home. He decides to hang the cleats up. Uh, Michael Thomas, again, a few weeks away. If I had to take a guess and I had to take a jab at it, I'd say following Halloween, uh, the following week after the Halloween matchup with Tampa Bay, that would be the date that I would circle for a Michael Thomas return. Uh, And Traquan Smith, who designated a return from IR, we'll see if the Saints uh, activate him before the matchup on Monday Night Football, Uh, but New Orleans is going to have to get something going in the passing game. They've just averaged uh, 170 yards through the air this season. Uh, They also have the fewest passing attempts in the league, second worst in terms of passing yards. Through the season, Jameis Winston has thrown for 282 yards, but has a very strong 12-3 to touchdown-to-interception ratio. He has a great opportunity uh, to make those numbers stand up a little bit more against a Seattle passing defense that ranks 28th in the league, allowing just over 292 yards per game. This is not the Legion of Boom uh, Seattle team, uh, even though even though that's what's made them famous over the years uh, there's nobody left uh, from from what was one of the most exciting um, and dangerous defenses, and particularly secondaries, in all of football. Uh, a couple guys to keep an eye out for. Uh, you look at rookie Trey Brown uh, for the Seahawks. You also look at veteran defensive back DJ Reed and Quia- and uh, Quandre Diggs. Uh, one of the most underrated players uh, at free safety in the entire league, according to my colleague and friend Bob Rose. Those are some guys that he particularly highlighted uh, for Seattle's pass defense in some of his preview work for the Saints News Network. Obviously, Jamal Adams, one of the highest-paid players and one of the highest-paid safeties in all of football, but this has been a Seattle pass defense that hasn't been uh, too, too good. This season, and while the Saints have plenty of question marks at receiver, uh, saw a little bit of a rise of Marquez Callaway over the last few weeks. It looks like uh, Jameis Winston and Callaway's chemistry uh, is continuing to grow. Callaway with back-to-back touchdowns uh, in back-to-back weeks before the bye week, and you also look at a guy like Kenny Stills, who has made the Saints 53-man roster and is still looking to make a a big spark impact, but I go back to that New York Giants game where he caught a 50-yard touchdown pass that was brought back because of an Adam Troutman holding. Uh, Stills still has some gas in the tank. Uh, He can certainly take the top off. I think he's a very underrated possession receiver, and especially with Chris Hogan retiring, I expect to see a lot more of Kenny Stills for the New Orleans Saints down the stretch. That's going to be so, so important if the Saints want to be successful. Now, 
Alvin Kamara has been a big part of this team, and I think him running the ball is going to be important in this game, especially on the road. Seattle, you never know the weather conditions. It's one of the toughest places to play because they have some of the most passionate fans in football, and I'm sure that Kamara is going to be able to do his thing, but uh, Jameis Winston has to continue to prove and, and win over this fan base, and part of that is coming out on the road, on national television, and with what is still a depleted receiving core, come out uh, with the victory, come out with a win, and look good, look dominant in the matchup. And for all my PPR fantasy people like myself that have Alvin Kamara, we would love to see uh, Kamara included and, and worked into the passing game just a little bit more because that's what makes him not just so dangerous in fantasy football, but that's what set him apart as one of the league's best running backs um, since he entered the league in 2017. So my third key to victory is uh, a strong Jameis Winston performance um, on the road against a good team in a very difficult place to play. Those are my three keys to victory. And when we come back, we'll wrap up our preview of Week 7, it's the New Orleans Saints and the Seattle Seahawks. You're listening to the Houdat Discussion Podcast. Alright guys, well let's wrap up our preview with the Saturday injury report for the New Orleans Saints. I mentioned some of these earlier, but Saints going to be without Deontay Harris, Taysom Hill, Peyton Turner, and... Dwayne Washington uh, had some limited practice for both Eric McCoy and Teron Armstead. McCoy been out since the opening week matchup uh, against Green Bay. Armstead has missed the last two games, but both back in light duty um, in practice. And, and the great news is both do not have injury designations and are expected to return. That's going to be a huge boost for the New Orleans Saints this week. Also, two full participants uh, not carrying any injury designation is Blake Gillikin, who uh, was out with an illness earlier this week, and Marshawn Lattimore, who obviously had some surgery on his hand. But huge, huge, huge for the New Orleans Saints with McCoy and Armstead back. That's only going to bolster and help uh, one of my points and one of my keys to victory, and that was a strong performance from Jameis Winston. Oof, it certainly helps to have one of the best left tackles in football return uh, and one of the best young, if not the best young, uh, interior lineman and center in Eric McCoy. For the Seattle Seahawks, question marks across the board uh, for Alex Collins, who I mentioned earlier, the running back guard Damian Lewis, defensive end Darrell Taylor, and and cornerback John Reed. As I mentioned, DK Met is good to go. Like I said, it was Collins, Lewis, Taylor, and Reed who were all going to be questionable. Um, but Collins and Lewis are expected to play against the New Orleans Saints. It's going to be a game-time decision, but at least for right now, uh, it's safe to say they are expected to give it a go. Well, it's about that time to give my prediction uh, and to close out this preview. I think the New Orleans Saints, uh, anytime you go to Seattle, it's it's a tough, tough, tough place to play. Uh but some injuries to your starting quarterback, your starting running back, that certainly doesn't help Seattle. For New Orleans, it seems like they're the polar opposite. They're getting healthy at the right times. 
Uh, and with all that, I'm going to take the New Orleans Saints victorious in Week 7. I will take the Saints by the final score of 24-13 to 13 over the Seattle Seahawks. With that, the Saints would move to 4-2 and two and be in a prime position as they continue their playoff push with more and more people returning from injury. Well, guys, who do you think is going to win the Week 7 matchup? What are some of your keys to victory, and what did you think of mine? I'd love to hear from you guys. You can go and tweet at the podcast. It's at the Dis D-I-S. I'd love to hear from you guys. Love interacting with you. You can also go and check out my main Twitter account. Uh, it's B-T, Boylan, B-T-B-O-Y. L-A-N. Tweet me what you guys think of the podcast. Tell me what you guys thought of some of my keys to victory. And obviously, once the matchup is over, let's talk about if I was right, if I was wrong, and things that you liked from the New Orleans Saints or disliked from the New Orleans Saints uh, on Monday Night Football. Well, that's all the time we have for this preview edition on the Who Dat discussion. As always, find your peace, spread love, practice positivity, and we'll see you after week seven, right back here on the Who Dat Discussion podcast.